Your source for community, Muskoka-made talk shows are on Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Hey, this is Dr. Shervin. Muskoka Magazine is brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Please visit DairyLaneDental.com. This is Touching the Past with your host, Trisha Markle. My name is Trisha Markle and welcome to Touching the Past, a program where we look at Huntsville and area heritage, its past and not so distant past. For any listener interested in research, particularly local stories, my guest today is the go-to person to help. Courtney LaGrosse is the Community Engagement Coordinator at the Huntsville Library. Thanks for coming in today, Courtney. So first of all, perhaps you can tell us a little bit about yourself. What brought you to Huntsville? Thanks, Tresha. So I I wish I had a really romantic story about coming to Huntsville. Maybe I fell in love with the area, you know, maybe logging, nothing that fancy that happened. Um, I came here for work like so many other people. Um, And yeah, the library, the library had a job and I came and, and I took it up and I you know, we've called Huntsville home for almost 10 years now. Well, I've got to say, I'm glad that the library discovered you because uh, I know there's lots of times I'd have gone in there and stood and just looked and said, help, <laughs> and there you are to the rescue. Oh, that's so kind. Thank you. <laughs> so, okay, what is a community engagement coordinator exactly? I mean, everybody loves these titles, but sometimes we don't really know what they are. Sure, that's a great question. So basically what I do at the library is all of our adult programs. Um, I do our outreach and as well as our partnerships. And a little piece of that that gets thrown in there, of course, is our local history collections. So some of that collection management, bringing in new books for the local history and genealogy. Um, and and I like to say all the really fun stuff at the library. <laughs> Well, most of it is centered in what they call the Muskoka Room. Absolutely. Can you fill us in a little bit on the Muskoka Room? Yeah. I mean, it's how did it come about? If I mean, I know it's been there a while, maybe mm-hmm. predates you oh, coming to the library, but... <laughs> But, um, you know, perhaps you know a little more about the story. Sure. So the the Muskoka Room has been around well before me. Um, I I like to joke well before the time of the Internet for for everybody out there who doesn't uh, wasn't born in that digital native content where you can just click a button and find what you're looking for. So, of course, the Muskoka Room is full of some really great books, um, as well as, you know, microfilm from the newspapers, um, census rolls. And and if you're doing that kind of sort of genealogy searching that way, um, those are really great for that. But of course, um, where it really started was some of what we call our vertical files. So that's when you've got a topic of interest and somebody before me um, came and they started clipping those, right? It's very important. So we've got clippings from, you know, the local tannery. So we've got a file on the tannery where maybe we've got the old names of people who may have worked there, where it was founded, newspaper articles, um, books that were written about it, or even not published books, but just really great um written collections uh, that the people put together and that's where they live is in that Muskoka room. So you're the, you really are the go-to place for anybody that's interested in anything of local history. How far reaching is the the books that you have? I mean, you know, does it 
is it strictly Muskoka or do you have other um, volumes of books? Yeah, so um, our our main priority is to keep it very Huntsville-centric, but that doesn't mean that there are not things outside of Huntsville in there. So as you know, we have obviously very Muskoka broad-based things that happened all over, like our steamships that mostly out of Gravenhurst, for example. So we do carry things on um, a broader scale. And then, of course, when you start getting into some of um, outside of history, but into those genealogy searches, it's a little bit broader. So, you know, my Irish ancestors or my German ancestors, and of course, that touches on areas so far outside of Huntsville, where people may have come from, um, sort of those those ports and shipping docks where, where people came in on boats, um, the, the movement of goods and people really outside, broad outside of the Muskoka area. So it does cover quite a bit geographically. Are you there to help? Yeah. So I always say our our job is to connect people with their resources. So if you were coming in and um, you had a question about genealogy or about local history, we don't undertake the research ourselves. But um, I I don't know every book that's in our collection, Tricia. I, not off the back <laughs> I wouldn't of my expect hand. you to because it is quite a vast <laughs> it collection. It is quite large, but I know how to find what we're looking for in there, right? So I can help point you in the right direction. Um, you know, I, I know some really great books to get started. And if I if I don't know them off the top of my head, I will find them for you and and get you on the the research path, if you will. I I know that there's just a wealth of information there because I remember one day I was waiting for somebody and I pulled a book out and I believe it was Graves registration. Yes. And it was mm-hmm. and I thought, Oh, isn't that amazing? Because you know, that is a lead to Absolutely. heritage. Absolutely. And and they tie in that they tie in so closely, genealogy and local history. I say, you know, there's two separate collections, but they really cross over. Somebody who's looking for, you know, their great great grandmother might be very interested to read a story about homesteading or free free land grants that were given out. So they do cross over so much and you find some really great tidbits and stories that are written. I know. I just love to be able to spend a whole day there just mm. just rummaging. I think you need more than a day. Oh, I think so. <laughs> so give us some idea of books, actual books that you do have. I yeah. I know lots of local people have collections. My For myself, I even brought them in. I find that uh, Susan Prykes. Um, with Spirit and Resolve is perhaps the most definitive history of Huntsville we have. This is sort of where I I start out. Yeah, I would agree wholeheartedly with that. If I'm if anybody says to me, oh, I'm just looking for a brief history of Huntsville, um, that's the book I will send them to. It's a fabulous account. And um, there is a little bit of a limitation. I think it only goes up to the 1950s 55 or 54. When, 55 when yeah. the mill closed and there was mm-hmm. a whole bunch of um changes came to Huntsville the late boats stopped running that you know there was that was kind of a that piece that fills us in from the 50s to today right everybody doesn't realize that yes we were living here but at some point today will be history so you know we have to record that and we have to stay on top of making sure that that it's written down somewhere and it uh doesn't get lost and that's a big fear of mine is that everything is going to be on internet that there won't People will not think to keep the actual physical items or the books or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and it will just just fade. 
I hope that doesn't happen. I think these some things that are born digital, you know, there's some really great people out there trying to make strides and keep those pictures and photographs and digital items available to everybody. And I will put my plug in my the one thing that I really appreciate is if people have photographs, mm-hmm. put what information they have on the back, yes. names, places, dates, whatever. I know through the Muskoka Heritage Place, there are so many pictures there. We know they're Huntsville. We mm-hmm. probably family in Huntsville, but we've no idea who they are. That's right. Yeah. Even those digital photos, sometimes when I think people take their pictures now on their phones and all that it's labeled with is DSC 1300 and it's it's just a number. And I always say to people, do some file management, right? Put a name on there, put a date on there, let people know what we're looking at. Oh, yeah, because we're all going to remember, aren't we? Yes. Yeah, we're going to, you know, we're going to remember five <laughs> years right. ago when and where that picture was That's taken. That's right. But back to books again. Um, I'm going to put a little plug in for the Historical Society and our um, the new ni- 2000, well, not that new now, but 2019 updated edition of uh, Pictures from the Past, Huntsville Lake of Bays. Um, you have copies we of do, that. Yes. And it has a wealth of information about... Um, buildings in town. Mm-hmm. There's some of my favorites with the pictures and a little bit of a story with them too. And following up, there is uh, Huntsville, more pictures from the past. Now that's been out of print, but I believe you have copies there. That we have are, multiple copies. Yeah. yeah. So that's anybody looking up, you know, they just bought a house and want to know who yes. lived in it. Mm-hmm. Perfect spot. Go see Courtney. Absolutely. And uh, I, I, funny, I brought books here too with me. And one of the ones that I brought um, is, it's called Enchanted Summers, and it's the Grand Hotels of Muskoka. So very sort of similar picture book, right? So um, when people started to come here, well before cottagers were the main sort of tourism industry, there were hotels and there were grand resorts. And this is sort of that early start of our tourism industry in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Um, and these are this is a really fun book because it's, of course, full of pictures, which I love. I love looking at the old photos. Um, but it's also full of stories of the eccentrics that visited regularly, you know, your artists, the bohemian sorts, and, um, you know, those really rich patrons of these organizations. So that's a really fun one to, to get into. Oh, well. that's going on my list. <laughs> And uh, we, we of course, um, there's lots of nonfiction books at the library in that collection, but we do have some fiction um, by local authors, um, books that are just written by people who live here in Huntsville or Muskoka. We do try to bring those into our collection as well. Um, and one of the, there's there's quite a few authors here, but Andrew Hind is, he, he's written quite a few books. And his two that I brought with me are Ghost Towns of Muskoka and Muskoka's Most Haunted. So if you're interested in finding out about more about sort of those towns that don't exist anymore, but what vibrant li- lives they lived, check out the ghost towns of Muskoka. Well, we're just going to take a pause now. We both have more books to go back to, so we'll continue after we've taken this little break. By Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay, 88.7. I'm Dr. Shervin from Dairy Lane Dental, and you're listening to Muskoka Magazine. This is Touching the Past with your host, Trisha Markle. 
Welcome back to Touching the Past on Hunters Bay Radio 88.7. Today my guest is Courtney, and we've been talking about the wonderful resources at Huntsville Library, particularly those in the Muskoka Room. So we were discussing some of the books that are available there, and I think we have a few more that we can touch on right now. And in fact, I'm going to be a little self-serving. My husband has just completed a book. It's just a, a local memories book, and it ta- it's called A Mile From Home and a World Away. And it just discusses growing up in the 50s and 60s, on, even a little earlier than that, on Brunel Road and going to the hunt camp back on the Big East River. So that's another type of book that people do find interesting and Absolutely. if they can have a little bit of connection with the place and time. Absolutely. And and those stories of growing up in Huntsville, um, growing up as, like I said earlier in the show, when, when things change, we don't always realize that, that, that it was significant or important or that a way of life may not exist anymore or maybe a really important connection to the past. So telling our stories and and writing these memories down and writing memoirs we have a huge collection of memoirs i've actually brought one with me called um the reluctant pioneer you may know it uh, originally as the night the mice danced the quadrille and i'm so sorry they moved changed that title <laughs> i mean it, it made title. you want to pull it off the shelf and see what it was absolutely and this is just um it's a five-year sort of time period this young man thomas osborne um he goes into the bush with his father, who was given an original Freeland grant. And it's five years of what I will call like mayhem, madness of the very real realities of what it would have been like to just get a completely rocky, completely forested area and try to make something of it. Um, it's an adventure. It's sort of a coming of age. And it's kind of funny. It's, it's it's a little witty. It's a little humorous. So, you know, this is a story of, of days gone by that we just wouldn't be able to capture without these memoirs. They're they're important. Mm-hmm. They're just the little snippets of, of information that sometimes don't make the history books. That's right. I mean, his, the history books that we get are the major events, the big mm-hmm. events. But sometimes the way that great grandma did the laundry and all these things sort of kind of disappear absolutely what did you eat how did you find it you know what types of wood did you use in your cabin these techniques for for cutting down and squaring off timbers it's it's pretty incredible the amount of knowledge we get from from these books and i like the i find that they're a little more personal and they're well, fun. You can, yeah <laughs> they're interesting and and sometimes when you're reading one of these books say like my husband oh I know that name oh I remember That's doing it. that I saw that yeah I was that you know it's it all makes for fun it's fun reading. it makes you feel you get that starstruckness right like oh Alan wrote this down and I'm in his book or you know my brother's cousins in his book it's fun it's a really great yeah. local connection but the, as you say there are some very serious history books yes. for those that are keen on research mm-hmm, on, on pure research absolutely um and i the, would i would say that um the you know anything that anything you can glean a little bit of information on whether you're writing your family tree or whether you're doing research for your own book and trying to figure out the facts 
you'd be amazed at what you'll find in all types of books. Don't don't discredit one type over another because there's some really great information. You have to go through it all and you really do need more than a day. You need yeah. almost a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, you had um, um, mentioned about the genealogy. Mm-hmm. So I guess there is a group that meets. There is, yes. When? In other times. Yes. Um, and I would think a lot of their information does come through you and Muskoka. Yeah. So the Muskoka Perry Sound Genealogy Group, um, they they have a really great connection with the libraries throughout the, the district of Muskoka. Um, and they, they help me quite a bit with the advanced questions. So, you know, there are a lot of things that we have at the library, um, like our newspaper, microfilms. You mentioned earlier, um, we have the cemetery records through These Our Ancestors Were, indexes of vital statistics. So that's birth, marriage, death records. Um, so we have these really hyper-local genealogy. But if you're in Huntsville and, you know, you haven't been here since 18, 1974, it, you've got to go elsewhere. You've got to continue your search maybe through the archives of Ontario, um, or maybe um, there's somewhere along the line that there's an adoption record and you're trying to uncover that history. So it can get a little complicated. Um, and they're there to help us with some of those more, more in where do we go from here? We're stuck. Where do we go? And, um, you know, Markle is a great last name because the spelling of it has changed so many times throughout history. So you kind of get down these little rabbit holes of, of fun. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's for sure. Um, now, I've got to make a point that the Muskoka Room is not just books. That's right. There's a lot more involved in, yeah. in it than, than just books. Yeah, so of course we have shelves of books. Um, something that's very popular are the historical atlases, which which again are books. Um, we have a microfilm reader, which uh, we've got the Huntsville Forest or our local paper on microfilm. I think it's to 1874 is where it starts. Um, we have census records up to 1921, property and tax assessment records, which you know, I'm saying all these things, and your like, well, what are these for? What's the point of all of this? Um, great example is if you bought a house and you want to know, is this a historical house? Maybe it's not in pictures from the past. Maybe who owned it before me? How much did they pay for it? You get really cool information from there. Um, and sometimes you can even get um, from the probate court or the surrogate court, you can actually get the letters of sale that are attached to those in the early days. So you might get a letter that says, you know, Courtney transferred this property to Trisha and some, you know, deals and negotiations that actually happened attached to these. So it's really, it's really neat to look into. Well, I find any aspect of history fascinating. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even sometimes the those dry mm-hmm. contracts and that really generate a lot of interest. Yeah. Yep. Um, there's also, um, you have um, oral histories. Yes. So a few years back um, when I was, was newer and greener and had a lot more energy, I took on this project of trying to capture some of the oral histories of, of Huntsville's older residents before they, you know, before they were gone. And um, we had a great volunteer group go out and they did interviews with people just like we're doing. And they captured it sometimes on video, sometimes just on a recording. So those are up and available through our website um, and through our YouTube channel as well. Um, And if anybody needs help navigating that, I'm happy to show you. But there's some really great, rich histories on there from the town's um, Anglo 
a Canadian band. Uh, there's just some really cool key players in their politicians, early politicians, and their their recollections of the of what Muskoka used to be. Well, yeah, it's uh, you just touched on something there too that a lot of this information is available through the library mm-hmm. website. Mm-hmm. Are there are you able to take the books out of the Muskoka room, or are they all? books that stay in that room? That's an excellent question. So all of our books actually stay in the room. Um, And the reason for that is I would say about 90% of them, I can't get other copies of. So they are actually quite, um, quite priceless in that sense that these are some of the last places that this information exists in. So the books stay, but we do have um, a very great digital collection of photographs from some of those books that and from just personal collections up on our up on online um, we've got the oral histories that are up online and we've been working very hard for many many years to try and digitize the, our collection so our goal is to have most of our collection digitally available as well so we have a backup and of course people around the world come and click on our website and find what they're looking for now yeah. i know through the historical society i've had requests from all over mm-hmm. the place. Um, just they know a little bit about Huntsville yeah. and I get to forward them to Courtney. Yes, yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> because I know she has the information. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I do get, you know, I think just the other day we had a, a request from Australia, somebody with ties. So we do, we get we get questions from all over the world. Yeah, because it's it's become transient. I mean, even from the settlers' days, they mm-hmm. the number of people that moved to Huntsville but then moved out west when you discover yes. you can't farm the area. Mm-hmm. So there's a western connection, absolutely, that people will backtrack on. Yeah, it's, and a lot of people who left for for the U.S. afterwards, and you know, we as you can imagine, we're not very successful farmers here in Muskoka. <laughs> Some people did all right, but for the most part, those they they just didn't they didn't take. So, no, it's it would be a very hard life to to try and do that. So, have you anything else that you would like to discuss about uh, the Muskoka room? Um, I think the or the library in the general. Li- oh gosh, how much time do we have left? No, <laughs> I know we have a ve- actually we have a very active library. We do. We have an incredible library, com- really because we have an incredible community. Right, people are so interested in our space and what we do, and, and coming in and 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 really supporting us, which is fantastic. Um, one of the things that the digitization project I mentioned, we'll be looking for volunteers. So if anybody is interested in helping out with that, um, this will be a really large community driven project from for the future as well. So you can always get in contact with me, um, email, telephone, drop by, just check out huntsvillelibrary.ca um, and Courtney LeGrow and you'll find my info there. Okay, well, we're as part of the Historical Society, we are very pro-library, and mm. I'm sure there's a lot of our members that would be willing to help out. Absolutely, yes. So you can get in touch through the Historical Society too, and I will forward any information or help yes. to uh, Courtney. That'd be great. Thank you. <laughs> so I think this is, I mean, there's so many books there. Do you have a particular favorite? You have my particular favorite right in front of you, actually. <laughs> With Spirit and Resolve is my favorite. Um, when I started, I list a little story. When I started at the library, my predecessor, Roberta Green, um, she gifted me a copy of that book uh, upon her retirement and said, 
this is this is what you need. This is your start. And I read that book and I just, I think it's just fabulous. And if anybody out there is listening, I think we should do a second book. So, you know, if you want to take that upon yourself and do from 1955 onwards, <laughs> I'd be really interested in that. <laughs> well, there has been talk by a certain somebody. <laughs> that, uh, but I mean, his life has got so busy That's right now right. that I, but we'll, uh, we can always hope for the future. We can hope. We can hope. So anyway, Courtney, that has been a wonderful com I know there's we both love books. Oh yes. Of any description. So I know that we could continue on with all the books there are in the library, but um I just want to thank you for giving of your time. And I just hope that uh People will go and visit that now that the library is yep. open. We are open, basic, almost business as usual. We have some social distancing on our computers for research and things like that. Um, but yeah, we're open. Come visit us. Um, we'd love to see you or hear from you if you just want to call or email me with your questions. And it's a great place to get in out of the cold or the yes. rain and just read some of the wonderful books that are there. Absolutely. It's just wonderful. So once again, Courtney, thank you so much for being a guest today. This program is broadcast on Hunters Bay Radio every fourth Sunday at 7 a.m. or on podcast anytime. This has been Touching the Past. Listen next time for more on local heritage. <laughs>